a beautiful day. I'm so grateful that we've had such beautiful weather this spring. And while I'm praying for rain for Spokane, uh, I'm grateful that during chapel we've had sun. Our, uh, our passage this morning comes from the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12, 13, and 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you are sharing in Christ's suffering so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. Therefore, let those suffering in accordance with God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while continuing to do good. Amen. Fear. I want to talk about fear this morning. I have a confession. I have an irrational fear of bears. I mean, I know bears are scary, but I think I take it just a little bit too far in my own mind and heart. And that's hard because I love to be outside. I love to hike. I love to camp. I love to backpack. But whenever I am doing these things, I have to like shove down this sort of crippling fear of bears that I have thinking that just around every corner there might be a bear ready to attack. And I can usually do that pretty well in the daytime, but I will tell you this, anytime I am camping or backpacking, as soon as the sun sets, uh, I believe that every single little noise I hear is a bear about to kill me. Uh, which makes it hard if you're trying to have a good time with me out in the woods. Um, but I have an irrational fear of bears. I'm working on it. And that's one sort of fear, right? But I think that there's another sort of fear that I want to talk about this morning. It's a fear that lurks a little deeper in the soul, and then it's one that's more related to the way that you see the world, it's connected to this sense of dread or panic, one that seems linked to a scarcity mindset. But there won't be enough fill in the blank. But I might not have enough fill in the blank. Fear. Howard Thurman says this about fear. He says, fear is one of the persistent hounds of hell. Fear is one of the persistent hounds of hell that dog the footsteps of the poor, the dispossessed, and the disinherited. And he goes on to remind us that there's nothing new about fear. It is no doubt as old as human life itself. Certainly, fear was waiting in the shadows as Adam and Eve hovered around that forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden. It was fear that lured them to take that first bite of sin. Fear takes a lot of different shapes. We're fearful of a lot of different things. Fear of people, fear of not being liked by people, fear of the future, fear of nature, fear of the unknown, the uncertain, 
fear of getting older, fear of being too young, fear of disease, fear of death, even fear of life itself. Fear can be everywhere. Our res halls, our families, our churches, our friend groups, Sodexo, the coffee shop, even this chapel space are filled with people who are, to use Howard Thurman's words again, hounded by day and harrowed by night because of some fear that lurks ready to spring into action as soon as one is alone and the lights go out. Fear is indeed a persistent hound of hell. And this hound, no doubt, was after the Christians that Peter was writing to in this letter that we've been studying all semester. And we've talked about that already quite a bit. These Christians had a lot of reasons to fear. Suffering and persecution, realistically, were everywhere for them. They lived in this Roman world, and Rome hated Jesus. Rome killed Jesus, right? And so Rome also hated the Jesus followers. And so they persecuted them and, and killed some of them. And so fear was very real for the people in this letter. These Christians were probably feeling out of place and out of sync and out of money and out of community and out of safety even, perhaps. They were suffering for choosing to live as followers of Jesus. And so Peter writes to them, and he says to them, as we kind of come to the end of this letter, Peter writes to them in conclusion, and he says, in a very tender way, he says, beloved or dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as if something strange were happening to you. In other words, the Christian life that you are trying to live is difficult. It is scary. And so Peter normalizes this fear. He says this is to be expected. This shouldn't surprise you. This is simply part of the deal when you follow Christ. Sometimes I think we like to think of our Christian life as if it were a fairy tale where you meet Jesus and you orient your life around God and then everything gets easier and all your troubles float away, but that's just patently false. We're never promised an easy go of it. In fact, if Jesus is any measure of it all, he suffered and died, right? And so Peter reminds us of that. He says, when you suffer, you are sharing in Christ's sufferings. And then he says ever so gently to these people, he says, friends, don't be surprised when it's not perfect. Don't be surprised when it's painful or when it's scary or when it's difficult. And so I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, Peter, I can get behind that. That makes sense to me. But still, I have this question, what do we do now? Okay, I get it. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to have this fear. It's okay to suffer. But what do we do in the meantime? Right? Now, granted, as Christians living in the United States right now, we will not have to suffer for our faith in the same way that these Christians were suffering in this letter. 
but we will still face hardship and uncertainty. And so how do we live faithfully with fear? How do we follow Christ in the midst of suffering? Is it possible to hold both the joy of the Lord and the heaviness of life together at the same moment? I love that Peter knows that this is my question because he responds. He says this in response. He says, therefore, let those suffering in accordance with God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while continuing to do good. Gosh, I love that phrase, entrust yourself to a faithful creator. This is Peter's antidote to fear and suffering. Entrust yourself to a faithful creator. I have not been able to get that phrase out of my head all week. It is so striking. Entrust yourself to a faithful creator. You know, this is the only time in the New Testament that this word creator shows up as a name for God. And it kind of stands out a little bit even in this letter, right? I mean, Peter's not really dwelled on this idea much that God is creator or thought or talked much in this letter about creation. And so it seems kind of strange. It strikes me as a little bit odd. It calls my attention. Why does Peter all of a sudden speak of God as creator? Where does this idea come from? How does the fact that God created, how does that help us overcome fear? Well, in my theological imagination, it makes me think back to Peter's life as a disciple, as told in the Gospels. Peter, the disciple, who left his job as a fisherman to follow Jesus, who watched in wonder as Jesus did miracle after miracle, who got a front row seat to what Justo Gonzalez calls the mysterious and uncontrollable dimension of creation who bows at the feet of its creator. Peter was witnessing to all of this. And I wonder, in my theological imagination, I wonder if Peter was on the boat when the storm came that day. You remember this story from the Gospels? Jesus gets into a boat with his disciples at the end of a long day of ministry, and they venture out onto the lake to get to the other side. And they're in the middle of this lake when all of a sudden these huge storm clouds roll overhead, and they're dark, and they're black, and they're dangerous looking. And then the wind starts to pick up, and it gets stronger and stronger, and the waves grow bigger and bigger and it starts to rain and it starts to thunder and lightning and this poor little boat is being tossed around in the lake by this storm and the disciples actually think that they might die and somehow Jesus manages to be sleeping through all of this until the disciples grab him by the shoulders and shake him awake yelling Jesus don't you care we are about to die don't you care? They ask him. We are suffering here. We're terrified, about to lose our life. So Jesus, I imagine rubbing his eyes after this deep sleep, stands up, looks at this howling storm, and simply says, peace, 
be still. And scripture tells us that the waves were immediately and completely calm. And the clouds rolled back and there was an eerie silence on board as the waves gently lapped against the side of the boat once again. And the disciples, I imagine, stood there with their mouths hanging open. And Jesus asked them, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? And so the story ends with the disciples asking each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Fear, faith, and the one to whom even creation around us seems to bow down. So was Peter there that day? Did he witness the one who crafted the water in the beginning then calm these waves? Did he see the one who controls the chaos quell this storm? Did Peter watch the creator of the universe command creation around him to bend and it bow down? Did this living metaphor shape Peter and shape this letter? I like to think so. We're a fearful people. We're fearful of the world falling apart into moral decay. We are fearful that these wrongs will never be made right. We are fearful of being found out, left out, or abandoned. And astonishingly, in the midst of all of our fearfulness, we hear a mighty voice who calls out to us and asks, why are you so afraid? Do not fear, for I am with you. Though the earth should change, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, do not fear, for I am with you. Band, you can come on back up. Entrust yourself to a faithful creator. God is God, and we are God's people. God is creator, and we are God's creation. It seems so simple, but it is so easy to forget, especially in the midst of the storm. And so Peter calls out to us in this letter, reminds us in this letter, don't be surprised at the suffering and the fear, but instead, instead, entrust yourself to a faithful creator. May we all have the space to meditate today on this strikingly beautiful invitation. Amen.